It's good to be here this morning. I'm glad that you're here this morning. I don't know that you all had fair warning who would be speaking this morning. We have fair warning who's speaking tonight, but <clears throat> we still have a good crowd here this morning, and I'm glad that you're here. Before we get started, I want to, uh, I want to thank the congregation for all the prayers, all the, the meals, and all the help that's been given to, to me and Jacqueline while she's been down, I guess. Uh, we've been blessed. Y'all have blessed us greatly, and uh, we're very grateful for that, and I want to thank you for that. Um, God has blessed us as well. Um, as far as Jacqueline's health, she's, she's doing great, and she, uh, this Wednesday she's, she's got an appointment. If everything, if everything goes well, hopefully she'll be able to start doing some things and easing into normal life again. So we're thankful for that. <clears throat> this morning, I'm thankful for the song service. We've had a very encouraging song service this morning, I believe. We sang Sing and Be Happy. We sang Follow Me, we sang Because He Lives, and we sang Victory in Jesus. There's a lot of encouragement and a lot of admonition that we can, that we can gain from these songs. Because He Lives, we sang, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. Because He Lives, All Fear Is Gone. Because I Know, He Holds the Future. And Life Is Worth Living, Just Because He Lives. What I want to talk to you about this morning is triumph and tribulation. And I want to talk about our mindset or our attitude when it comes to that. Now as we get started in our study this morning, I think it's very important that we recall a lesson that we've heard recently. Several weeks ago, Brother David Minson gave an excellent lesson on why sin broke the world. In that lesson, he talked about God's creation and that how when God created it, that it was perfect. God said that it was not just good, but it was very good. That creation was not in the same state as, it, as the creation that we see and live in today. It didn't have all the problems that cause us so much trouble today. And through Scripture, David showed us in that lesson the reason for the state of our world today is that one of God's creations... An angel who we now refer to as Satan rebelled against God and has wreaked havoc and caused harm in this world ever since. Satan is the cause of all tribulation and trials in this world, and I think it's, in, it's extremely important to remember that as we think about how we can triumph in tribulation and how we can be triumphant in bad times. If you weren't here for David's lesson or you haven't heard it or maybe you just need a reminder of it, I'd encourage you to sign up for a CD recording of it. We can get that to you. You can also listen to it on the website, plainviewchurchofchrist.net. You can go to that website and listen to, to sermons. I believe some of the things that, that he covered in that lesson on why bad things happen in this world set a foundation for what we want to talk about today. Again, what I like to talk about is triumph and tribulation. In Romans Chapter 15, verses 4 through 5, we read, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through, pa through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. Some of the things, some of the concepts, and some of the things that we're going to discuss this morning aren't easy concepts. They're not things that we 
naturally want to, to do, not things that we naturally want to think about. And so I want us to be sure and remember that the scriptures that we cover were written for our learning. They were written that we might have hope. Let's remember that as we think about tribulation in our lives and we think about tribulation in the lives of others. Remember that we have scripture that we can learn from on how to deal with these things and how to prepare for these things. You know, we have lots of trials in this life, don't we? <clears throat> lots of problems that we face, aren't there? Some of these we cause ourselves, some we don't. Some of these things are completely out of our control, but thanks to Satan, there are a lot of problems and a lot of tribulations that we have to deal with as we go through life. And if we let them, those tribulations can dominate our lives, both physically and spiritually. Thankfully, we have God's word to guide us, and we can read and learn from early Christians who had tribulations themselves. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4, 4 and 5, But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God, in much, patient, <clears throat> pardon me, in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. Paul faced all kinds of problems too, didn't he? He was in need, he was distressed, he was beaten, he was imprisoned. He couldn't sleep, he couldn't eat. He had a lot of tribulations that we can learn from. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 30, Paul wrote, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. Paul, th Paul went through a lot, didn't he? I don't think there's any of us can say that we've been through all of these things that he lists in this scripture. I think there's a lot that we can learn in scripture because of the suffering that he went through. Have you ever faced any problems like these? <coughs> maybe not all of them, but maybe, maybe one of them, maybe some of them. Have you ever been attacked? Have you ever lost a job or been in tr trouble financially? Have you ever been in a car wreck? Have you ever had your house broken into? Has your house ever burned down? What about losing sleep over the troubles in your life? What about being sick? Have you ever been sick? Have you ever not known whether you might survive something? What about this? Have you ever lost a loved one? Someone very close to you? If you've been alive, alive long enough, you've experienced one or more of these things. What was your mindset when these things happened? <clears throat> if you're going through tribulation right now, what is your mindset today? Some, some of you know this story, many of you, many, if not 
Well, I'll say most of you know this story far too well. But there are some of you here that might not know, so I want to tell you, <clears throat> without going into too much, too much detail about a tribulation that I went through in my life. When I was 16 years old, something happened to my family that would change our lives forever. My brother Cade was 13 years old at the time. <clears throat> and on December 28th, 2003, which was a Sunday, he was stay, <clears throat> staying at a friend's house. Late that night, there was a terrible accident and my brother was shot. And he didn't make it. My brother Cade passed away that night and it was the worst night of my life. <clears throat> it was the worst night of my parents' lives. We were shocked. We couldn't believe it. Many of, <clears throat> pardon me. Many of you were there. Many of you supported us during that time, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. That was a terrible tribulation that we went through, and I bring it up not because I want your sympathy today, but because as I <clears throat> went through that trial, I had a, long, a lot of wrong ideas in my head. I had the wrong perspective on a lot of things, and it seemed to consume my thoughts. And I think that we can all learn from that today. <clears throat> Maybe you've had some of these same thoughts as you've gone through tribulations yourself. Maybe you've suffered a loss like that in your life. Maybe you've experienced worse than that. If you haven't suffered a great loss in your life or something life-changing, good. Be thankful for that, but listen to the things that we cover today. Hopefully they will prepare you so that you can have the right mindset when those things occur. <clears throat> One of the things that Satan hits us with when we're going through a trial is this idea that the problem is isolated to us. That we're the only ones who have gone through that or that who are going through it. If we believe that, then this attitude of poor me or why me sets in. And what happens? We get discouraged. We let it get us down. Only focusing on the negative effects, whatever trial it is that we're going through is having on us. Our faith wavers. We focus on the temporal, we focus on the material, and we lose sight of our eternal perspective. In Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10, we read, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I want to tell you today that this idea of poor me, or this idea of thinking that bad things seem to only happen to me, is an idea of weakness. And it's not an idea of strength. It's a lie. And it's a lie that Satan feeds us. And adopting this thinking is fainting, is us fainting in the day of adversity. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-10, through 10, we read, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. What Satan tells us is a lie. The same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood, by our brothers and sisters in the world. The idea that this is not the case is a lie that weakens our faith. And as we read on into verse 10, we get a glimpse of the proper way of thinking. The way of thinking that will combat this lie. 
But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You see, God can use our trials. He can use our tribulations to strengthen us. I think it's important that we notice the, the terminology there. It says, after you have suffered a while. That's a real, that seems like a casual way of saying, after, you know, a casual way of referring to the amount of time that you've suffered. Oh, you suffered a while. That doesn't seem very long, does it? Makes it seem like a short moment in time. It is. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Pardon me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We read, No temptation has overtaken you except such as, such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We're not going to face something in this life that we cannot get through. We're not going to face something that we cannot triumph. <clears throat> we have that promise in God's word. Do we believe it? We should. It's God's promise. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, we read, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have God's promise that we will not face something that we cannot bear, but we must believe him. We must believe that he will reward, he will reward us as we seek him. If we do not truly believe that, then our faith will be weakened and we can let these trials overcome us. But it's hard, isn't it? <clears throat> it's hard not to get down when bad things happen to us. It was a struggle for Paul too. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8-10, through 10, we read, For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. They had a pretty grim outlook, outlook here, didn't they? It says that they despaired even of life. That's some pretty negative thinking. But look where they turned. <clears throat> that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. When times are bad, when life is hard, we need to turn to God and trust that He will still deliver us. And I like the word still there, because a lot of times, you know, we'll feel pretty good about our faith until that trial hits us. Until we're faced with a problem that weakens us. We trust that He will still deliver us, even in those times. We turn to Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. We read, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, 
These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you want the answer to pain, if you want the answer to troubles, then look to Jesus. He has conquered tribulation, and he has overcome the world. He is our answer, and he provides the eternal perspective that we need to get through trials in this life. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, we read, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. If we do not consider Jesus, if we do not look towards Jesus when we're faced with problems in this life, then we will become weary and we will become discouraged. And that's true, isn't it? When we believe Satan's lies and adopt his way of thinking, when we have problems, doesn't it just make things worse? It does. It definitely does. Having the wrong perspective always makes things worse. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, we read, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We know that we're going to suffer persecution. We know that we're going to suffer bad times, suffer tribulation. When we have the wrong perspective, the wrong mindset, we will grow worse and worse. We will deceive ourselves. We must remember that the things we learn in Scripture... Pardon me, we must remember the things that we learn in Scripture if we are to have the proper attitude and have the proper mindset. Through faith in Christ, we can have the proper mindset and we can endure these tribulations. I'll remind you of God's promise in Romans <clears throat> chapter 8, verses 25, or pardon me, uh, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, and it's important that we remember that. We know that bad things are going to happen. We know that we're going to face trials. We know that we're going to lose loved ones. We know that we ourselves are going to die. We need to be prepared for that. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 
1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. We read, and he sent and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in, in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you, for you yourselves know that we were appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation, just as it happened, and you know. We know this. We should not be surprised or shaken when we suffer loss or when we suffer tribulation, for we know that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And we need to be prepared to deal with these things in the proper manner. <clears throat> so how do we have this mindset? How do we have the proper perspective? How do we have the, you know, the forethought to automatically want to look to Jesus in times of trouble? What is this mindset? Over, uh, over the past couple of years, at, uh, some people at the company where I work have been really excited about this book that came out. And this book is, is basically about uh, leadership. It's about the mindset that you as an individual has to have before you can be successful leading others. <clears throat> and this book, it was written by a couple of Navy, uh, <laughs> Navy. It was written by a couple of Navy SEALs so as you can imagine, they've learned some hard lessons through the experience of war. And what, the, what that book does is it goes over these principles that are beneficial to adhere to as a leader. Things like discipline, communication, owning, owning your own mistakes, being humble. And it explains different, experience that the, different experiences that these guys had while fighting in the war in Iraq and, and where they applied some of these principles. And then it takes that experience and it shows how it can be useful in business. And so as you can imagine, in war there are dire consequences when some of those uh, principles aren't upheld. These are tough, these authors, they're tough guys. They're tough and they have a tough mindset when it comes to, to personal responsibility and how to improve yourself. And so I say that to say that <clears throat> this book, these guys, and a lot of their ideas have become really popular in the business world today. One of the, one of the authors, he has a, a motivational podcast, and he, and he does a lot of YouTube videos and things where he goes over a lot of these ideas and a lot of mindsets associated with them. And, and one of the most popular videos that he has, and I, last I checked, it had over 3.2 million views, I believe. And what it was was about this concept, good. And in this video, he talks about how <clears throat> when something is going bad or, or going wrong, he sums it up with one word, good. And I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but just to give you the, the gist of, the, uh, of what he goes over, he tells one of his direct subordinates that, that when things are going bad or when there's going to be, pardon me, that when things are going bad, there's going to be some good that comes from it. <clears throat> you know, he says, he gives some examples. He says, you know, you didn't get the job you wanted, good. You, you can gain more experience and build a better resume. You didn't get promoted, good. You have more time to get better. You know, you got injured or sick, good. Needed a break from training. Remember, he's a Navy SEAL. Have unexpected problems, good. We get to figure out a solution. And that's it. When things are going bad, he says, don't get bummed out, don't get startled, don't get frustrated. No, just look at the issue and say good. Focus on the solution. Take that issue, take that setback, take that problem, 
and turn it into something good. Go forward. Finally, he said, if you, if you can say the word good, it means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. It means that you can keep going. That's quite the mindset to have, isn't it? To look at something bad or to look at some problem and tell yourself good. 3.2 million views. People love this idea. People that know nothing about God, they love this idea. It's wildly popular and for good reason. There's a lot of wisdom in it. The idea or the mindset that whatever happens, something good can come from it. And did you know that that's not a new idea? It's not a groundbreaking, groundbreaking thought. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, say good when bad things happen. How? How can we do this? We have to have an eternal perspective. We have to realize that God's purpose can be accomplished in us, even when bad things happen. God's will can be accomplished through our tribulation when we have an eternal perspective. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Life is short. And it's important that we realize that. Especially when suffering. You know, on Wednesday night, Mark Till uh, made a statement in his lesson that I thought was very fitting. He said, you know, it's funny that we spend so much time planning for our future in this physical world. But this life is just a moment. The real future is after this life. And it is. We spend a lot of time thinking about our future and retirement and how we want to save for the future. <clears throat> but what is that future? It's but a moment. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. <clears throat> Paul wrote, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <clears throat> with an eternal perspective, we are not discouraged in tribulation because we know that it is just for a moment. And we know that God's will can be accomplished in that trial. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 16, we read, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. When we suffer, we can glorify God. When we're triumphant in tribulation and use that affliction to strengthen our faith, to advance the gospel, then God is glorified. We are here to spread the gospel, and tribulation provides opportunity for that. It's not easy sometimes. It's not easy to turn something bad 
into an opportunity for good, but it can be done through Christ. With an eternal perspective, affliction makes us better. It chastens us. It strengthens us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11 we read, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Good things come, can come from things that are painful. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Through Jesus Christ, we have peace, and we know that tribulation produces hope. It's not pleasant, and it's not joyful, but we know that good can and does come from it. So what conclusion can we draw from all this? You might ask, what good could possibly come from a tragedy like my brother's? And I'll tell you that that depends on your perspective. <clears throat> I'm not saying that we don't need to mourn properly or that we won't be sad and that we won't miss our loved ones. But with eternal perspective, we can see a lot of good. Cade no longer has to deal with the trials of this life. Guess what? Cade had obeyed the gospel. His sins had been washed away. He is comforted now. In that trial, many of us learned for a fact that life is short. We needed to learn that fact. And that not only... That not only we need to be prepared, but we need to help others be prepared as well. <clears throat> with an eternal perspective when bad things happen the gospel will come to the forefront of our minds where it should already be we can regain our focus and we can look for opportunity to spread the gospel to help others and to make sure that others are prepared I hope that you have that mindset as you face trials in the future I hope you have that mindset this morning I hope that you can remember God's promises and keep an eternal perspective during those times. I'll leave you with Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's very encouraging to find what we find in Scripture. I mentioned that we are here to spread the gospel and tribulation pr provides an opportunity for that. If you're suffering and you need comfort, Jesus is that comfort. Trials make us search for answers and Jesus is that answer. Jesus endured the ultimate tribulation for us. He was perfect. He was sinless. And yet he was crucified for all of our sins. Thankfully, he rose three days later, conquering death and conquering tribulation, and now we can have hope.
we can have hope of eternal life. If you have not obeyed the gospel this morning in baptism, we invite you to do that. If you're suffering now or maybe you feel weak, the church here will be happy to pray for you. We didn't cover it this morning, but one of the great comforts and helps to be triumphant in tribulation is Christ's church. And it's important that we remember that when we need help. If you need to be baptized or if you need the prayers of the church, I'd ask you to please come forward as we stand and sing.